So do you understand now why you had never heard of the movie? Very much so, yes. It somehow is both the most beautiful movie I've ever seen, and yet one of the worst, plot-wise. Yes. uh, My prevailing emotion throughout was bored anxiety. Why the anxiety? I guess just because he was in stressful situations. Yeah, they were just constant. He was just constantly in stressful situations and tried his best to look the most suspicious. (laughs) I come from the only known solar system with two twin planets, each with its own and opposite gravity. In our world, it's possible to fall up and to rise down. Three thieves from down below arrested last week, raising interworld tensions. We don't go down to their world, and we certainly don't want them coming up to ours. Imagine if we could go anywhere we wanted to. Border place! Come on, come on, come on! Quick at him! Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is More is More, a bad movie podcast. Where today we're talking about Upside Down, starring Jim Sturgis and Kirsten Dunst and Timothy Spall. So this movie came out in 2012. Much to my surprise. Yeah. I don't know. I must have just seen posters for it because I do remember it coming out and I rented it once it was on DVD because it got really terrible ratings. But... (laughs) It looked, the, the trailer looked really pretty, and that was not a lie. The movie is really pretty. It is really pretty. Also, I'm just like a sucker for science fiction movies. This one was just not as much science fiction as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, because they didn't think about any of that. Like, this all came out of an image from a dream that the director had. Unsurprising. It's not surprising at all, because he clearly didn't think think this through enough. This movie also had a lot of French funding, because apparently that was the way they got it funded. Weird. Um, Although it's directed by an Argentinian director. So it's very multicultural. It really is. So yeah, it just, I I don't understand how this movie got produced with as many basic questions as it raises for the plot. And there's not enough in the plot to distract you from them. Yeah. So you're just constantly, and like, Honestly, things that they do in the movie raise more questions themselves. Yeah. Like, the love story isn't good enough to distract me from how bad the science is. And it's not good enough to excuse how bad the science is. That's the thing. So, because this is a bad movie, we begin, of course, with voiceover. The universe. So full of wonders. I could spend hours and hours looking up at the sky. So many stars, so many mysteries. Can we talk about this voiceover? And the fact that it took eight minutes? Oh my gosh, I'm not surprised that it took eight minutes. Although a little bit because it felt like longer. With the little scenes, but mostly eight minutes of voiceover. Can we talk about the direction he must have received (laughs) during this voiceover? I feel like the direction he got was... Listen to this very solidly mediocre actor <laughs> try to sound very serious. Now I want you to do that, but with less emotion. <laughs> it was insanely uninteresting. It was. And the way that he even said things was weird. Well, I wonder if he had problems with his American accent. 
Yes, so Jim Sturgis is British. He did have problems during his voiceover with that accent. Mm-hmm. I feel like they added it in later, and so he had to do it after he had already gotten out of his accent mm-hmm. phase. But he's already not a great actor. Like, he's fine. No, he's, he's clearly he's not. He's okay <laughs> if he's in a movie that he's suited for, but, like, he's yeah. not, you know, a he, great actor. Right. So then, with the voiceover just being super long and kind of boring, and yeah. then and we're the accent... He said certain things that were strange. Yeah. But we also get a lot of exposition, which is hard to make interesting anyway. That's true. So he rattles off a bunch of science. And his name is Adam. Mm-hmm. His name is Adam. And Kirsten Dunst's name is Eden. And I'll try and remember to say them. But I tend to forget calling people It's by hard to remember because there's no symbolism there. <laughs> no, there isn't. Although I have to say, I love that she's not named Eve because that would have what been chew on the ball. Like, yeah, that that's that's the thing. Like, why didn't you just go all <laughs> yeah, the way? They could have been living on Eden. Like, why yeah. wouldn't? You? Ugh, doesn't matter. Okay, so Adam rattles off a bunch of sciencey sounding nonsense, which basically boils down to this: they're living on a pair of planets where one is right on top of the other. I mean, they're kind of like, they make it sound like they're orbiting each other, but they're not because they're only... Co- they can't be orbiting They're They're touching other. at one point, or not touching, but like they're really close at one point and that point never changes. Well, I um, guess they could be like, the, that doesn't change, but the, the planets aren't spinning. They're just like, they're spinning as a pair. I guess the pair of them can be rotating. I yeah. I mean, they would have to be because everything spins in space. Right. But somehow, even though they're spinning together... Each planet has its own gravity, which you'd think would be, well, mean that they were individually spinning. To be fair, well, no, you're not wrong, actually. <laughs> I never thought about that. Uh, guess how gravity comes about. It's it's not by the planet just existing. But it's also a little bit by the planet just existing. Well, yeah. Which is why it's so strange that they only have gravity that affects each other. Like, gravity? Okay. Gravity is whatever we want it to be. Yeah. And in this case, it's something that attracts you to the center of your planet, wherever you are, and only things from that planet. Yeah, so... Which is why I guess the planets haven't smashed into each other. And this is what doesn't make sense about them doing all this explaining up front, like this is real science, is like if you know, I am not somebody that spent a lot of time studying science but even (laughs) i know at its basic level what gravity is yeah and it's not this i know it's just a theory but right but this is why people can go to the moon yeah but like you're because they're not being pulled back by earth's gravity exactly And, like, your explanation of this is inconstant, even within itself. Oh, no, totally. So. so each planet has its own gravity, and every object retains the gravity of the planet it's from. So if you're from the world down below, even if you go to the world up top, you'll still be ruled by the gravity down below. Like, you'll be pulled back to your own planet. Which is crazy, because, like, if you went to the other side of that world, I know, right? you would be able to be normal. Uh, right, because it, it would. would. Yeah, they also don't seem to make a lot of distinction about like when gravity is. So whether they're on the planet of their own world or the planet of the other one, gravity doesn't seem to be more intense on them either way. No, it doesn't. It stays the same. It's constant. Yeah. 
It's very lazy. Anyway. <laughs> How dare you so accurately describe this plot. Yeah. <laughs> but you can weigh yourself down with uh, what they call inverse matter or counterweights, depending on how they're talking. Yeah, because they didn't want to say opposite stuff. (laughs) Right, stuff from the other planet. You can weigh yourself down to be able to move around on the other planet, but after a few hours, whatever you've weighed yourself down with will catch on fire for some reason, because science. I think what it is, based on his future interactions, Mm -hmm. I think that unless you're refrigerating it, I think you have to cool it Mm -hmm. or else it gets so hot from being in contact with inverse matter. Yes, they do. It's the inverse matter being in contact with each other that is the problem. Unless you cool it. Yeah. Because apparently there are refrigeration systems good enough to to solve this problem. Like in a mini fridge. Yeah. (laughs) So, arbitrary... Yes. No. Oh, uh, yes. Plot inducing? Also yes. <laughs> so we get away of. with it, right? Kind of. Yeah, no, because the plot is not affected that strongly by any of this. Not really. <sighs> and once again, rich girl, poor boy. I know, right? This is becoming a theme. I'm telling you, poor ladies are not hot and rich guys are evil. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing about the whole gravity thing that's anything more than just, like, a series of nonsense problems they have to solve. Like, it's the arbitrary divider between the two of them. Again, even the problem-solving sequences are very boring. (laughs) No, they are. They're exceptionally boring. But anyway, Adam hastens to reassure us, though, that this is actually a love story, which explains why the science is so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about the fact that first he's like, and I love looking up at the stars. So they try to wrap this whole thing in poetry and that doesn't work either. No, it does not. Um, And he's like, oh, the sky, it's full of mysteries. I love looking up at the stars. One star in particular makes me think of someone. And I was like, oh, first of all, I think you mean planet. And also it's right above your head. (laughs) It's very easy for you to see. It's basically your sky. (laughs) And then he's like, and I'm a part of this, like, phenomenon. And I was like, that was the dumbest way you could have said this. Yeah. So we can go on. (laughs) Well, no, that kind of ties into the fact that then he starts going on, after telling us it's a love story, starts going on about how soulmates are actually born with two halves of one soul that split at birth. (laughs) A philosophy that's been used for centuries to justify codependency and broken homes. (laughs) Well... To be fair, he he did sort of a Donald Trump thing where he was like, some people say, <laughs> I'm not saying this. But we're clearly a meant to think A lot of people this. have said this. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty we're dumb. We're clearly meant to think this. Well, he's got to somehow justify his insane commitment <laughs> to a romance from when he was like 15. Yeah. The voiceover continues because two and a half minutes of exposition is just not enough. Contact between the two worlds is forbidden, and the up-top world, an arbitrary designation, by the way, but the up-top world is super rich because it's been taking resources from the poor down below one and then overcharging them for necessities. Oh, gosh. I love how he says, and then they they take our fuel, our oil, and then we... They, they, they turn, turn it into, into electricity. electricity. I was like, well, that's not very hard. You could have <laughs> yeah. done that yourself. We can't which build they motors sell, here. Right? Which they sell back to us at prices we can't afford. And I was like, so who buys it? <laughs> if you can't afford it, 
I'm very confused. Well, yeah, plus they have to be using it. I mean, they have to keep the world alive enough to be able to harvest more oil. Right. So I was like, well, maybe they just can't, like, they don't have the machinery to get the oil out. But then I was like, um, when we started getting oil out, like, we were not that technologically advanced. No. It's not that hard to do. No, and the machinery would have to be made on the down below world because it would be the only way that it could be weighted to it. Exactly. And also, no, but this point in the narration is when their whole timeline of, like, this is how everything works starts to fall apart. Because the oil that's coming from the down below world exactly. would be weighted to the down below world. I know. And as soon as they brought it up to the above world, it would catch on fire. Guess what oil does really well? It catches on fire. Yes. There's no way this would not happen. I also learned that from movies. Especially <laughs> if you shoot it. Yes. Um, or drop a tiny match into a <laughs> barrel of oil. That's definitely yeah. very explosive. Yeah, it's completely bonkers. <laughs> it doesn't I, make any sense. Well, and so Transworld, the evil corporation, mm-hmm. they have this, like, tower, but basically that, like, is on both worlds and connects it. Yeah, they're the only point of connection between the two worlds. Right, which, how? At a I certain know. point... Inverse matter is touching itself. Oh, yeah. a- other matter, like in the middle of that building. Yeah. <laughs> no, very, maybe it's refrigerated. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. So this is how quickly the whole the whole house of cards starts to fall apart. But we also get him now. Now that we've moved past the whole the up top world is evil and our world is wholesome and wonderful. Now we get. Jim Sturgis blaming all of his problems on Transworld. Mm-hmm. Transworld is why he's an orphan. Because his parents died when a factory exploded. A Transworld factory. Transworld killed his parents. Basically. That's what he gets from this. He basically says that. Yeah. Transworld killed my parents. Basically. Also, he does mention it destroys most of the city. But what's important is that he becomes an orphan. Yes. Even though he has living family. He's, he goes to yeah, an orphanage. Yeah, he said that... No, I thought he went to live with his Aunt Becky. No, he goes to an orphanage, but they let him visit his great Aunt Becky every weekend. Come on, Aunt Becky. What are <laughs> you doing? Does the, the state... Like a, the, the really poor planet would prefer to support their own orphans than foist them yeah, off on family members? I don't get that. Yeah. But it makes it sadder if he grew up in an orphanage oh, and only gosh. got to see his great aunt back So many weekends. things about this movie were like, really? Of course you went there. <laughs> yes. Uh, his great aunt Becky, who is wonderful and amazing and lives in some kind of Arctic oasis. Yeah, she is somewhere on this mountain, which almost touches the other world. Yeah, and so it has to be mountains. basically the tallest mountain in the world. On both sides. On both sides. This planet... Okay, I will say, I I didn't notice that these planets mirror each other a great deal. Like, yeah, there's a river really in do. one part of the planet. There's going to be a river on the other part of the planet. Oh, there's a right. very tall mountain on one, bar- one part of the planet. There's going to be a really tall mountain on the other part. Yeah. This is weird. So, arguably also lazy. But <laughs> it's fine. Because <laughs> they never mention it also. All of the things no. they tell us, they don't mention the fact that our, our planets, oddly, are mirrors of each other. Which can't make sense because in the up-top world would harvest their own oil. Yeah, I know. Also, uh, it doesn't make sense for the up-top world to be able to control down below because they can't go visit their own things and, like, physically do anything down there. 
they can't go visit their own factories. I know. So it's be it would be really easy to just strike like as a planet. Well, yeah, all you have to do is kind of refuse to sell oil to people. You don't have to sell it to them that cheap. Like why? Whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of history problems that I would like to have explained. To yeah, me, but are not. So his great aunt Becky makes flying pancakes using the pollen of the pink bumblebee, which pollinates from both from flowers from both planets on this mountain where they almost touch. Yeah, because there's a, usually a ton of flowers on super cold, snowy mountains, by well, the way. Also, these planets don't have distinct atmospheres, so it works out yeah. really well for the bees that can just fly between the two easily. Exactly. Uh, also, you probably already know this. Bees function really well at very cold temperatures. I did know that. Yeah. That's why there's so many of them, the Alps. Yes. His family is apparently the only family that knows the secret of the pink bumblebee. Yeah. No one else has ever figured this out. It's a family secret recipe that's been passed down from mother to daughter to mother to daughter. Well, only women can make pancakes. (laughs) Well, yeah, and that's all they're using it for. Yeah, I know. It's fine, though. Whatever. Look at this cool thing. It makes food float. Yeah. No other applications, probably. (laughs) Yeah. But he, she does give him the recipe because... His mother's dead. It's she, like a whole he's the last one in the yeah, family. It's like a whole book. And it, there's like drawings of bees in it and stuff in case you forget what they look like. Yeah. She sends him to collect some more of this pink pollen, though, which is in a forbidden mountain range because I guess they're so close to one another. But while he's collecting this pink pollen from the forbidden mountain range, uh, young Adam climbs high enough up that he meets a girl who's climbed up on the mountain range of her planet. She's looking for her dog because she lost it. Where is it? Probably at the top of the tallest mountain in the world. I mean, their reasons are insane. Like, this is the thing. I understand you having a cool dream and then you get the budget to make this a reality and it's really beautiful. But, like, you couldn't think about it for two seconds and do some rewrites. Nobody helped him with this script. Like, I'm really just imagining him (laughs) shopping this around and being like, someone help me, please read this and proofread it. And everyone's like, no, you're fine. No, no. Yeah, the whole movie is kind of like that. (laughs) (laughs) Where you're just like, it's whatever, like, the the first thing you think of. Like, that's what it is. Seriously, it's like a child was thinking of excuses for these things. (laughs) Yeah. We do find out later that her family owns a home near there, but I'm still a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, and her family is, like, rich because they're from the up-top planet. Apparently everyone on the up-top planet is rich for some reason, because that's the way that works. It's like that movie Bright, where <laughs> literally every elf was very wealthy. And yeah. I was like, that's not how societies <laughs> and, like, markets work. Right. Like, you can't all be super wealthy. Well, at least there, they're all kind of living in a society together. These are, like, two almost separate economies. You would think, yeah, exactly. Like, there still have to be poor people where you are. Yeah, Like, who are the janitors on the up-top planet? They're very wealthy, too. (laughs) So, like, her family owns a home near there, but I guess her family's the only one that owns a home near there? And I I guess guess. also it's only forbidden on the down-below side and not the up-top side? Uh, No one else ever comes up here. That's... That's the moral I don't of the think, story. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess so. Like, I can see that. Like, they're really just trying to keep people off of... But you'd think it would be, like, a tourist destination for the up-top world. 
Not only yeah, is it the tallest but, mountain on the world, but it also, like, almost touches the mountain on the other side. Like, yeah, that would be something worth seeing. Yeah, on a gross, dirty, poor planet. Who wants to see that? Well, the mountain looks pretty good. Uh, <laughs> then we cut forward to a teenage Jim Sturgis and Kirsten Dunst, uh, Adam and Eden, who still look like they're about 30. No surprise. But they're teenagers. Yeah, exactly. yeah, they're teenagers. They're still meeting on the mountaintops. Adam pulls Eden down with a rope so they can canoodle. Mm-hmm. And... Adam also eats some up-top fruit, a pomegranate, that Eden brought him, which makes me think that his stomach is going to catch fire very soon. Okay, right? They keep eating and drinking things from other planets in this movie, and I don't understand how that works. Like, it shouldn't work. It should be very dangerous. Yeah. Because if nothing else, like, the pomegranate's trying to get out of your, like, trying to float up out of your, uh stomach yeah well th- oh they're also making out i mean like wipe your mouth off i guess <laughs> afterwards in case your lips catch fire <laughs> well she's also so he pulls her down with the rope and she's like basically being held to the planet by a ledge that kind of scoops over yeah so that she can't float away but yet she doesn't the rock doesn't get really hot so no, you'll yeah. find that things like like Mountains and ledges and uh, large structures don't get worn. They, exactly. they don't follow the same rules no. as small counterweights do. Exactly. So everything's going fine. There's some awkward flirting. and th- But then some up tops are looking for a down below thief that's knock on to their world. And as they're shooting at Adam, uh, he lets go of the rope that he's, he's lowering her onto the planet with. Yeah. And she goes crashing back to her home planet. And the last thing he sees before he drags off is her, like, passed out, like, bleeding on this rock. So he's dragged back to where his aunt is arrested for some reason. Yeah, for some reason, for his indiscretion, they drag his aunt away in cuffs and burn her house down. Well, also, you know, yeah, drag her away in cuffs, burn the house down. I guess she dies because we never see her again. I guess. So she must die in prison. Uh, Yeah, I guess she's just, like, in... I don't understand at all. And I was like, okay, this world now looks way more dystopian than it was made out at first. Yeah. And then we don't ever see anything like that again. And also, this has to be the down-below police that are enforcing this. Yeah, it has to be. They can't be down there. Also, I really thought that this was based on the thief that Kirsten Dunst told him about earlier, but, like... Once his aunt gets arrested, I start thinking that they just somehow knew that this was happening independently of a manhunt for a thief, and they were looking for him. I don't, I don't think but so. But he doesn't get arrested. No, because he, yeah. This is all very confusing, and I don't understand any of it. Yeah, it's weird. But we got forward some more, 10 years to be precise, where mm-hmm. mad chemist Adam is working on a facelift cream using the pink bee pollen. Which... Can we talk about this? That's so dumb. It's so stupid. A facelift is partly getting, like... Yeah, getting rid of skin. Getting rid of skin. Like, you can't just pull your face up and there you go. Yeah, and at the beginning, they kind of show it as more just, like, the skin is just kind of, like, hovering, so it just... The wrinkles are more gone, but, like, it's still there. But, like, later on, it looks like... And wouldn't that it's just, a whole deal. Yeah, like, wouldn't that just make your face look weird? Like, wrinkles happen because you lose collagen, not because gravity is pulling so hard on your face. Well, also, what I think is odd is that he is a scientist, I guess, and he's inventing something, and this is his idea. It's yeah, not his the idea. application that trans worlds and their consumeristic, you know, materialistic 
whatever, like, they come up with. No, no, no. His idea is Is a faceless cream. Exactly. But as he's working on this, a trans world game show is playing in the background, and it has Eden on it in, like, a brief interview. And Adam realizes she's still alive, and she works at trans world. Yes. This game show was really crazy. This also was really dystopian. Yes, it was. Much more dystopian than the rest of the movie, I would argue. Yeah, there were certain things where I was like, wait, what kind of world are we in? This is dark. This felt like like, Brazil. Yeah, and then it was like, no, just kidding. It's not that dark, like, for the rest of the movie. Right, but this game show felt very much like it would have belonged in Brazil. Exactly. Basically, Trans World, they have a game show where the prize is a job at their company. A job in the ad department, graphics and advertising at Trans World, which is where Kirsten Dunst works. Then we get to a random scene of Eden dancing in some ritzy dual gravity club while... It was very boring. (laughs) It was boring, and it never really gets referred to again. The location is used again. (laughs) Yeah, but it was But all we do is watch her dance with some stranger. I know. I wonder if there was, like... It's not making me love her, by the way. No. No, it isn't. And I wonder if there was, like, a brief love interest with another, like, up-top guy. Oh, the got cut out. Who was a jerk. You know, the classic That would make sense. And I wonder if it got cut, but they were like, we have to use this scene. Like, we can't throw all of it away. And that was weird to me also. Why would you want to dance in a club with both worlds there? Like, well, don't they dislike later, slash maybe resent each other? No, I realized later when she was talking about the club um, that it's actually th- that the band, the orchestra, is from down below. Oh. So that's why they're on the ceiling. Although I have to say it there did look like there were people dancing on the ceiling also. There are definitely dancers on the ceiling also. And that felt weird to me. Yeah. And this is the other instance where we see them drinking. Uh, so the way that you drink really fancy cocktails on the up top is you have upside down cocktail glasses. And you drink down below cocktails. Yeah. Because they're upside down, and then the liquid is in there, and it's being held by the glass, and then you drink it, like, upside down. Arguably another thing that I wouldn't want to have upside down for a long time, or touching inverse matter for a long time. Yeah, right? Something super flammable. Yeah, I know. It's insane. But um, while we see this, we also see Adam toiling over his formula. (laughs) He goes to Trans World, where he has been hired, apparently. It's his first day on the job. How did he pass a background check? (laughs) He was involved in some very suspicious stuff regarding Up Top World, and his aunt was jailed because (laughs) of it. I feel like that would have come up when they were looking for, like, who do we let into our super high-security Trans World Tower? Yep, I guess... The down below police are bad at paperwork. Oh, that would not surprise me. I don't. They're know. so poor. I know. And he also works. So he just got hired, and the place where they they put him to work is on the dual gravity floor. Yeah, which is floor zero, and there's like the up toppers are on one side, and the down belowers are on the other side. Yeah, and they're all in cubicles, which is not where I would put a chemist. But apparently they're no, chemists also yeah, just but working no, cubicles. No, because chemicals, you breathe those fumes in, baby. <laughs> On this planet, they're not ever toxic. We work with volatile things, and they put inverse matter in his mini fridge. Yeah. Like, yeah. that could never go wrong. And if something does go wrong, we want as many people as possible to die. 
Well, also, he apparently doesn't need access to things like Bunsen burners or... Ooh, here's a question. When inverse matter catches fire, which way do the flames go? That is a good question. It's not adequately answered on this. Surprising. <laughs> but yeah, like he doesn't need any of like the many tools that chemists normally want. Because all he does flasks. ever. That's it. All he does ever is dump stuff. It's like the child's view of what a chemist does. Yeah. They put, they, he puts stuff in a flask. Just kind of like tips some in, by the way. He doesn't measure it or yeah, anything. Yeah, he puts hot pink and then salt just, like, into it. Yeah, and then just like mixes it up and then looks at it. Like, this, yeah, is, exactly. this is his form of chemistry, which is why he can do it in a cubicle. But, they, yeah. They also prank him by doing something that's also very unsafe. Oh, yeah. Where... Arguably impossible. Yes, it <laughs> should be impossible. Um, I don't know how they did it. They got a can of Coke and put it on his desk. He pops it open, and it's inverse Coke that's in the can. Yeah. The can itself is not inverse, so I don't know how it got canned. And also, liquid is heavier than the can. It would have just floated right well, back. It's a glass bottle, but yeah. It's still heavier. Yeah. So it's, yeah. They're like, oh, they do that to everyone. And I was like, and everyone's fine with that? Well, especially the guy, the up topper. I know, right? Whose desk is right over you? <laughs> yeah. And I don't, it's weird because it seems like only one person, Timothy's ball, he seems to have a culture in his cubicle of <laughs> shouting at other cubicles. That are on the upside down. Well, yeah. No, they're the only two people that ever talk to each other. And they talk to each other very loudly and they never get in trouble for well, it. Well, yeah, because they're not right over each other. <laughs> yeah. But the important thing is that Adam works on the dual gravity floor for special effects reasons. <laughs> uh, he has to go see the managing director to sign some paperwork. And he lets them know that people from down below don't usually get chances like this. You better not talk to any of the up toppers or steal anything from the up top because that totally won't be a plot point later. Side note, it actually is not a plot point later. No, actually it isn't, yeah. It never um, he never gets in trouble for any of that. Total separation of the world, which is why we put you right over <laughs> yeah. your heads. I know. We and there's so put, many of them. I know, we could we couldn't just put a layer in between you that is a <laughs> ceiling for one of you and a ceiling for the other. Well, yeah, or only have, like, the most trusted people who have to communicate with each other on that floor. Like, no, this, yeah. is, this is the first day on the job he's put on the dual gravity floor with some schmucks from the up top who are doing stuff also. The up topper, Bob, he is also a scientist. Yeah. We never see him actually working on any sort of science. Until he doing, leaves. Yeah, until <laughs> until leaves. Only when he's at home I thought he was, like, a salesman science. or something. I know. But he's not. He's a scientist, but he also works in a cubicle. Yeah, he says, like, I'm a top engineer, blah, 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 blah 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 if you ever need anything and i was like oh yeah that would come up yeah that was exactly what i needed yeah yeah so here's the weird thing though is he specifically told don't even talk to any of the up toppers unless yeah. you have to and yet he has made no friends on the down below floor his only friend is the up topper bob and they shout at each other all day in front of the stern lady who gives directions around there and Neither one of them ever gets in trouble for it. Yeah. No. It's not like they have to keep their, their friendship a secret. No, they don't even try. We cut back to him with his down below friends and like his mechanic, like his friend's mechanic shop or something. Yeah. It looks like a shop. I think it is a shop. I think so. It's unclear. He's yeah. a wise black man. <laughs> yes. Older, Who's also a father figure. Older black man, father figure. This movie is avoiding stereotypes at all costs. <laughs> yeah. 
that guides him through life. Yeah. Actually, should guide him through life, doesn't. Yes. And I will say, not for lack of trying, Jim Sturgis is just dumb. Because his friends are not happy that he is, for one thing, trying to get with this up top lady. And also that he's working at Transworld, which is the bane of their existences. All of them. They hate Transworld. Yeah. And that he sold out his Aunt Becky's secret formula to them. Right. Exactly. They're like, is this really worth it? Like, this girl? And Which I second that question. Yeah, because you haven't seen her in 10 years. And... Yeah. And she also never tried to contact you or anything? Yeah, right. Exactly. Presumably an up-topper would have a better chance at that than a down-belower because an up-topper could just be slumming. Yeah. Which, surprisingly, we did not see more of. Mm, Yeah, and you can always, like, make an excuse. Like, I need him to scrub my toilets. (laughs) Yeah. I'm very important. (laughs) His father figure storms out in a rage, but Adam tells him he has to use Transworld to give his life some kind of hope, and this somehow convinces him to just go along with it. Yeah, I guess. Then we cut to Eden, who's now in a support group because she has amnesia. Which, according to documentaries that air daily on television, are very common. Well, I just thought she needed to knock her head another time. Would have helped. That sometimes works. I'm surprised they didn't try that. Uh Their medicine's not as advanced as ours. (laughs) Yeah. 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 The the biggest trope in soap operas. Why would you use that? Like you're already skating the edge of believability in in even the stuff that makes sense. And arguably, (laughs) I think it made the movie a lot more boring. No, because it made his whole thing one sided until like very close to the end. Well, and also they already have an obstacle to overcome. It's the gravity problem. Exactly. And why society. She, yeah, why did and society. Why does he now need another obstacle to overcome? Yeah, so this is essentially three problems now. Yeah. They yeah. just kept adding them. And I think it's to make her look like less of a jerk for not trying to contact cuz he she he thought she was dead. Right. But she would have known he was alive. Well, so they I gave don't him know amnesia. She would have. Where's Becky? <laughs> maybe, she, maybe she thought he got thrown in a gulag. True. You could just say, like, I thought you were, I was told you were executed. I thought I your know. wound was turned septic and then you died. <laughs> yeah. Or I just didn't care enough because we were 15. See, yeah, exactly. Um, I think that, that she didn't have enough of a character fleshed out. And honestly, I don't think this guy was great at writing. And no, I, I mean, feel I like, wouldn't say that this helped her character be fleshed out. No, it didn't. That's what I'm saying. It gave him an out for doing that. He didn't have to. Yeah. Like, she didn't have to decide what she wanted to do and, like, make excuses and be in on the plotting because of this. Right. And to be fair, like, once she gets her memory back, like, she makes the world's most obvious decision and moves on. Like... Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not gone into at all. Right. Yeah. Um, it just would have been a lot better if she hadn't had amnesia and, like, something oh, else would have been the problem. Absolutely. No, she should have known about this, and then we could have had a dialogue, but it was basically, like, this was the Jim Sturgis show. Yeah. Instead of it being like, oh my gosh, like, we found each other again, and this time we're gonna make it, if only we can figure out a way how, together. Nope, it's it's literally just him trying to get her memory back. Exactly. This could have been the song for which Rihanna writes, we found love in a hopeless place. But missed opportunity. Yeah. I know that whatever's missing, it's in there. Uh, But it scares me. 
Mostly, it just feels like something's missing. Yeah. Like your memories? Your memories. <laughs> what, what kind of line is that? It Somehow. feels like something is missing. It feels like something's missing. I don't know. At Transworld, Adam continues to make friends with Bob. I don't know why this needed to be cut into two different scenes, but it was. Uh, which is his up top co-worker, even though it's expressly forbidden, but no one seems to care, so it doesn't matter. It can't be that forbidden. They share a smoking lounge. <laughs> I know. So he's like, oh, I'm going to go to the smoking lounge. Meet me there and we can have a chat. And so they go into the smoking lounge where there's no one there because no one smokes. And, you know, yeah. they made a specific point about mentioning that. Like, nobody can hang out in a smoking lounge if they're not smoking, but whatever. Also, I disbelieve that cubicle workers have access to such nice lounges. I know, because the chairs were leather. It looked like... Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, it looked like some sort of, like, executive lounge. Yeah. And there were chairs on both sides. I know. So there, the, you put chairs on both sides in a purely recreational place. And you put chairs on both sides... Like, super nice leather chairs on both sides. And, by the way, just so that you could, like, smoke in each other's faces. Well, no, I did like, notice what is the, the smoke, smoke does not... stop? Yeah, it does. Oh, that's so I dumb. noticed it when they showed him smoking. So stupid. Bob is a stamp collector, and he wants some down-below stamps to add to his collection. He's like, I don't mean to boast, and it's like, you're not, you're talking <laughs> about stamps. <laughs> and Adam wants to get in touch with Eden, so they trade favors, even though one is way bigger than the other one. It is. Uh, I guess not to Bob. <laughs> you have no idea what stamp collecting is like on the <laughs> up top world. Bob is also a character that has no goals or motivations of his own. Like, they try no, and make him into doesn't. an independent character, but literally he doesn't hold grudges. He doesn't ever think badly of Adam. He, he doesn't is, seem to hold the values of his own society. No, and he's only there to help Adam. And he's thrilled yeah. if he can help Adam, regardless to any expense to himself. And like, because he's Timothy Spall, I feel like he was also supposed to be a red herring for a possible villain. I 100% thought that he was going to betray him at some point. I did, too, because he acts really evil in the smoking lounge the first time. Well, and it, because he's Timothy Spall, he kind of has that whole, like, oh, I don't care about stuff kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, well, could this just be like an instant trap to see if he's going to follow the rules? Because this guy was like, don't do anything with other people and don't smuggle things. And then he's like, instantly. So he's like, hey, can you smuggle me some stamps? Yeah. I was like, maybe it's just a trap. (laughs) It's not, though, because that would have been too complicated for this movie. Yeah. They continue trading as Adam makes progress on his beauty cream. We see, like, throughout this movie, there's constantly little montages of him working on this this beauty cream. I guess just to remind us that he is, in fact, working on I it. I guess so. Question, where is he getting all these rare stamps? Those aren't just lying on the street. He has access to a lot of down-below rare stamps, apparently. Are they rare? I mean, he's acting like it. He sees one, and he's like, the man without the head. Ooh. <laughs> like, they seem to be rare. Yeah. I guess I some of them can be common, and they're just rare up there because... Yeah, because he's got them attached to little pieces of string so they don't float away from the box. But when he said that, I was like, wait, I think these actually might be rare on down-below also. Maybe. Although, once again, I'm like, you better get those in a fridge because stamps are not durable. No, and also stamp collecting is a rich person's thing, so I don't know how many people do it on the down below. I guess, like, very rich and very poor. I don't know if there's a lot of (laughs) in-between. Finally, Adam has collected enough inverse matter to be able to visit Eden, who works on the seventh floor. 
His friend Pablo is extremely skeptical that any of this is going to work for good reasons. Mm -hmm. But Adam is a man in love. So he will not be reasoned with. No. Pablo brings up many good points, such as, so what if she does like you back? What then? Right. What are you going to do? You can go live somewhere in some weird cabin where like she's on the ceiling and you're on the floor. <laughs> it will be worth it oh, for their love. They're two halves of the same whole, Hannah. You don't understand. I feel like I do. I watched a very long intro to this movie <laughs> that explained that. We have to watch him putting on this counterweight vest and getting dressed in what feels like the longest scene in the world. We have to watch this a few times, and it's so boring every single time. Because, like, it's like, the boring I how tiny his shoes in an are. already boring movie. Yeah. No, it's, like, all in a wide shot, and it's, like, him tying his shoes. And I'm like, I get that you wanted us to see him flip to the other side suddenly, but, like, this was so long. And it's one of those things where you're like, this was such a waste. Like, all of this is so awesome the concept is so cool and it It looks so so good and that's the thing it's really well done visually it's so wasted in this movie it was not worth building a 360 room that rotates for this movie so he goes down to where she works on the seventh floor and he finally gets to talk to her but she doesn't remember him and he's super confused also he's using a fake name he is using a fake name he's using bob's name but like she doesn't recognize him no yeah yeah um so he's like Talking to her assistant or coworker, whoever this woman is, and she just volunteers the information that, oh, well, you know, because she forgets things, you know, because of the amnesia. Well, he also is, like, being very familiar with the secretary, too, because he says, well, yeah, we, like, know each other. I can't believe she would just, like, blow me off like that. And she's uh-huh. like, wait, she's not. She forgets things. Yeah. Also, does she forget recent things? The, it made it sound like there are repercussions to this day, yeah. which I don't think because i thought true. amnesia was just like the one like you forget a, a chunk of time i mean like if you have the the time where it's like i can't remember anything from this period of my life yeah and i mean you can have brain damage that causes you to have memory issues that persist mm-hmm. but it did based on her support group it doesn't you know, it didn't way. sound that way the way she described it. But yet now it does. So it yeah. is both that she has lost the entirety of her memories of him. Yeah. Which seems a little bit weird. But she also forgets things from time to time, current day. I guess. Adam tries to get Eden to remember by telling her about a friend of his who grew up in an orphanage down below, but she just wonders why he's telling her about him, which is the most realistic reaction in this movie. Yeah, partly because he was being so weird about it. Yeah. And because he's also, like, trying to talk kind of quietly, and, like, again, his hair makes him look insane. (laughs) Yeah. Always. Uh, His shirt starts smoking, though, so he goes to the bathroom for some reason instead of leaving. Yeah, I know. He's like, oh, just splash some water on it. That'll be fine. That'll help when everything bursts yeah. into full flames. <laughs> For how long is this going to help? Because it's yeah. not going away. So he's in the bathroom, and he, after he splashes some water on his chest, which seems to solve the problem, he then decides he's going to just very quickly take a bathroom break. And as he's peeing in a urinal, his pee goes up to the ceiling instead of down to the urinal, and then trickles into the smoke alarm and sets it off. A, I don't think it would set it off. I think it would break it in a different way. B, Kirsten Dunst does not know that the smoke alarm happens, which makes me wonder, <laughs> do you have one? And do they care about your safety? Because yeah, I feel like on the same floor, everybody should get the smoke alarm. Because she's just like, you never came back. And she's waiting in their office. 
This raises further questions <laughs> yet again. So basically, <laughs> since bodily fluids are acting the same way, this would be like hanging upside down. He would pass out from having all the blood brushed yeah. to his head all no, the time. No, totally. You, I have spent some time upside down. It takes a long time getting used to it. And yeah. you can't do it for a super long time. And you can't act totally normal when you're doing it. Also, he doesn't, like, he's talking to his friends later. And they're just like, oh, you just barely made it. And he has a shirt off and they're, like, patching him up or whatever. But, like, he has no visible, like, even redness. They're like, oh, you got burned pretty bad. I don't know. <laughs> look, look at that. And I was like, uh, we're not looking at it. Because you couldn't get a makeup artist that could do that. Yeah. They weren't if available anything, that day. If anything, it was day. like a burn. Maybe it was a burn that was pretty bad, but it must have been about the size of a quarter from Seriously. what they were patching up. All I saw from that scene was that Jim Sturgis wears his pants way too low. <laughs> the next day at work, Transworld fires some people. Just, you know, one, this is another Brazil moment. They yeah, literally just totally rattle is. off some names of people they don't need anymore, so they've terminated the contract. Yeah, because they were like, well, you're too new. You won't. Yeah, because it's right before bonuses. They yeah. fire a bunch of people. It's really weird. And this just seems like par for the course. This is just yeah, how they just do like their firing. what they do. Yeah. yeah. They also fire his friend Bob, who I thought was getting fired because it was the name that he used when he went to go visit Eden. Oh, that, that is not the case. That would have been smart. Nope. They're completely unrelated. He's just fired for no reason. Yeah, exactly. Bob uh, gives him a box of his stuff before he leaves, because... He's BFFs. He's a rebel, I yeah. guess. Rebel without a cause. Uh, yeah. Also, right before he gets fired, they're still talking, and he's like, oh, show me some of those candidates for your human trials for the wrinkle <laughs> cream. And they're all, of course, wrinkly people. And he's like, ooh, with models like that. And I was like, really? Timothy Spall? <laughs> You're judging people for their personal appearance? Are you kidding me? I realize he was reading lines, but come on. Well, also, he's also not fired for having loud conversations with a down belower. Yeah, I feel like that should have been yeah. part of it. Like, we're not told why he's fired, but it's not for any of the reasons I could have thought of that would have partially made it Adam's fault. I know. Instead, he just embarrassingly is like, oh, I think that's a mistake, guys. <laughs> and then, like, the owner of the company is like, there was no mistake, Bob. After hours, Eden calls Bob's phone and Adam answers it, which I'm not exactly sure how he manages to get the phone. He jumped real high. Maybe he has one of those grabbers that the lady from up top was handing him stuff with from the other floor. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Eden asks Adam for lunch at an up top cafe and Adam accepts, even though he was only down below or he was only up top for about 10 minutes before yeah. his suit caught fire the first time. Yeah, that was insane. I was like, how are you? This is what I'm like, say. it should be hours, right? At the beginning, we're told it's hours. Uh, multiple hours. And, and then it isn't. And it was about 10 minutes. Yeah. That's why I say that this movie filled me with bored anxiety. <laughs> because things like this, I was just like, oh, I'm anxious about this. Why are, what are you even going to do, you idiot? You don't even have a plan. Yeah. <sighs> But I guess his suit is working better this time because he makes it to the surface using his using Bob's old ID card because Transworld, I guess, is also behind on their paperwork. Right, I guess. By the way, while he's looking very suspiciously <laughs> at the guard and then like 
as soon as he steps through the turnstile, he's like, gotcha. (laughs) Like, he gets this look on his face where I'm like, if anybody can see you right now, you should be arrested on the spot, like, just for making that face. Also, trans world, super secret, super secure trans world doesn't have a system where the picture pops up on the guard's computer when somebody uses their ID to get out. Well, I think there were too many turnstiles for that, but they should. It's just the way he was looking at him, like, very suspicious, and yet... Probably because some weirdo's making full eye contact with him for, like, multiple seconds. I would think that you would That's be allowed weird. to leave no matter what. Although I guess it's the down belower problem. Whatever. Yeah. At the cafe, which apparently oh. could not afford extras. They're the only <laughs> people there. They could not. Adam interrupts their awkward small talk to pressure <laughs> Eden into remembering him. She gets mad because, obviously... And well, so, yeah, he grabs her arm also. Like, well, she's like, why are you doing this? Like, leave me alone. She's, she's like, like, he's like, leave. he's like, we know each other. <laughs> I know. And it's so like, if you just like, look at me, if you just, what are like, you saying? If you just like stare at me for a while, you'll yeah. remember. It did not work. She got super mad and tried to leave. So then he lies and tells her that it was that he picked up some papers from her at work. Which that just makes him seem like a real stalker. It, it works on her, though. Because she's now totally fine with it. I would be super creeped out by some guy expecting me to remember him. Even if I didn't have memory problems, I would still not... Odds of me remembering you if you just picked up papers for me that I dropped in an elevator would be slim. You'd have to be a real hottie. Yeah. And sorry, Jimster, just fix your hair and then we'll talk. Yeah. It was also weird that... They talked about having similar experiences picking pomegranates on the mountain. That's weird. Pomegranates do not grow on mountains. (laughs) They don't grow on mountains where you're sitting there in the snow all the time. I was like, wait, I just put that together. But like, they're they're alleging that pomegranates (laughs) grow in this very cold forest. Well, also, if his family, because he's like, oh, my family also spent time on the mountain. Wouldn't you guys know each other? How big is this mountain? Because this oh, is the thing yeah, where his family... Oh, yeah, because he's alleging that... I forgot. Yeah, because he's alleging that he's from the same mountain because he's pretending not to be from down below. Yes. Oh, that's dumb. So how yeah, big you, is this mountain? And if that's the case, ask. wouldn't other people go up to the peak? Yeah. Well, that's also very suspicious. Like, especially with what he does later. Like, we know each other. Eden, remember me. Um, because yeah. then you're like, wait a second. You're saying that you've been to all the same places I've been. You're saying that we've met each other. You were a real weirdo the first time we met. And you won't tell me where you live. Because she's like, do you live close here in the city? And he's like, oh, no, I live really far away. Yeah, I have a long commute. Yeah, like everything you're saying is very suspicious. Yeah. But the rest of their date goes well until his shoes start smoking. They agree to meet again. And then he jumps in the river. Yeah, not <laughs> now, Not directly out the window, as it sounds like. He ran a long way and then jumped in the river. Yeah. And then I guess once For he me, got... I was like, what's the follow-up plan on this? But he right. does actually have one. All he has to do is take off his shoes and he flies... His weights, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought he just took off his shoes. No, I think he took the weights off. I think we saw the shoes and the weights. Because like... he's going to have weights later. Like, he must have a lot of inverse matter because he just has them whenever he wants them. But yeah, he just takes off his shoes and then he flies up to land in the river on his own world. Which would still kill you. Yeah, it would. That's so far. Yeah. Not a soft landing. No. He catches a cold from all that water because apparently this is a story from the 18th century. Mm-hmm. And we're forced to watch him shivering in his apartment for an incredible amount of time. Yeah, it's like 45 seconds, which 
Was it only forty five seconds? Because then I, I guess he's like, like dreaming and going to sleep or whatever. This I know that doesn't so sound long. like a long time, but just like sit there for forty five seconds and stare at a wall. See how long that is. It's yeah. a long time. Uh, yeah, but he's like, oh, worth it. I'm smiling in my bed. Uh, yeah, I did not care. It was so long. <laughs> we also see Eden have a dream about her childhood with Jim Sturgis. Yeah. So we get to Adam doing a presentation at work where his product literally works miracles. Like yeah. he puts it on this woman's face and she looks like she's 20. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I was like, well, gravity's doing a lot that we don't understand. <laughs> yeah. But when Eden comes in to see the presentation and sees him, she feels confused and betrayed and storms out in a way guaranteed to raise questions from her bosses. Well, especially because she just says, wait, I have a question for the presenter. Bob, so-and-so, is is that, that's your name, right? And he's like, no, uh, you must have me confused with someone else. I'm Adam, Adam Kirk. And she's like, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then like, gets this look on her face and then, like, leaves. And I was like... You're a fairly high-powered business lady. Right. You just were extremely unprofessional for weird reasons. With the down belower. Yeah. Yeah, like, what are they going to think about that? Yeah. Adam hurries and puts on his counterweights, like, I guess after the presentation, and follows her to try to talk to her, but he doesn't get to her in the building. And then his card doesn't work at the front of the up-top entrance. So he just jumps the style, and then the police start chasing him. Yeah. He finds a place to hide and spends the night there after taking off his counterweight. So he's just, like, hanging out on the other side of a ledge. Yeah. Which I guess they're like, this explains why he can stay down here all night. Because he took his counterweight suit off and put it next to him. And I'm like, the ledge is also inverse matter. I know. that's It doesn't make sense. And we see her being really sad. Like, in her, on yeah. her couch Yeah, and she's stuff. crying at home. And she rem- starts, like, she remembers she's, their first meeting. Yeah, but, like, before we see the first meeting, her reaction just doesn't make sense with what she remembers. Yeah. It, yeah. She is, for having gone on one date with this guy, she's disproportionately upset that by you all that she's him discovered. out on, by the way. Yeah. Early the next morning, Adam goes to Bob's house. Bob, because <laughs> he knows where that is. He does. They Easy change. to find. They exchanged a lot of information, including directions on how to get to his house from Transworld. Bob fixes up his counterweight suit to solve the overheating problem very easily. Apparently, it is just adding extra padding between your body and the the suit. That's all it is. Because apparently padding doesn't count as inverse matter. Yeah, I don't... I... They didn't really explain why that worked. Because he's also wearing up-top clothes, which should also be bursting into flames. And yet exactly. only the counterweights seem to be a problem. Exactly. Adam shows Bob that you can mix liquids from both gravities and create a liquid that will float in the middle. And he is amazed by this, because apparently no one has ever tried this before. And then acts like this is somehow going to change the world when it actually just seems like it would be a useless, a pretty useless function. Of course it would be useless. Who wants to just float in the middle? Yeah. Did you like how he was like, and then you carefully mix it and then he shakes it like (laughs) it's a cocktail shaker. It's like, what does careful mean to you? He also tells him Transworld doesn't know what the secret ingredient of the beauty cream is. I don't know how he got away with this. How, how, how? They apparently don't realize. Yeah, they apparently don't realize they didn't know it because we see his, like, we cut to his boss's reaction 
to some other scientist being like, well, we tried the formula, but we're missing a secret ingredient, a pink powder of some sort. We found traces on his desk. Also, if this was that Beirut project, shouldn't he have been working with someone else? Or at least have like an up-top overseer? He had no supervision, apparently. Anyway. Adam goes to the bar with the Down Below Orchestra. So it's up top, but it's the one from before that we saw Eden at before and that Eden talked to him about. Yeah. Like maybe meeting for their next date. Uh, And he meets Eden there, who just showed up on the off chance, what, that he'd come? Maybe she just goes to really fancy places when she's sad. Yeah. She's thrilled to see him. No more crying. She's beyond happy now. And she can remember everything. (laughs) So they make out for a little bit. And everything's going amazingly until the border police come in. This is a raid! Listen, I gotta go. No. What do you mean, No. Yeah, no, get arrested. <laughs> no. Stay. No, stay. Be in danger for me. Yeah. Adam barely escapes the border patrol, and a manhunt is called on him, which apparently doesn't include questioning the woman he was just seen kissing. Nope, she's fine. Yeah. Unwilling accomplice. Yeah, that's what it is. We see him. Pro- I mean, probably. We didn't ask her. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. We just assume. Yeah. We see him on his lonely mountaintop looking up at where she normally would be. And she shows up. (gasps) Magical. Also, wouldn't they be watching that mountain now? Apparently not. Okay. Uh, There's some dual gravity making out, which I didn't quite understand. I didn't understand it because I would get motion sickness. (laughs) They were spinning around, like nonstop spinning. It wasn't super fast. I would still get sick from that. Much later, the police track them down. And this time it's the opposite of what happens before. Eden is arrested and Adam falls to the surface of his world. But he's saved by the few counterweights still in his suit. We cut to Adam sitting sadly in the rain and then walking down a gloomy street, but his sulking is interrupted when some trans world thugs throw him in a car and tell him that charges against Eden will be dropped if he gives them the secret ingredient and never contacts her again. Actually, it's even weirder than that. They say that the charges will be reinstated if he doesn't. And it's like, how? If you already dropped it, I don't think you can just bring the charges again. Well, also, they have a legal right to know what the secret ingredient is for the formula they were paying him to work on. So I don't, you don't need to threaten him for that. And he's already never allowed to contact her again. That's yeah. the law of the planet. I know. So what is he exactly holding and over like, he their... he can't. So. Yeah. What is he... What are they holding over his head? Just the charges against her, pretty much. Right. Like, they already could do that. Oh, my gosh. Ridiculous. They could arrest him for this. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. We resume voiceover, and he blames all of his problems on Transworld, as is his habit. Yes. And none of them on his poor decision-making skills. Uh, his decision-making skills were flawless, I think, <laughs> through this whole movie. As we saw, yeah. because he caught on fire twice. Because love and stuff, so nothing's yeah. his fault. Exactly. Then he gives some kids some wise words about how being rich doesn't make you happy, Although I have to say, it really looks like it helps. Yeah, right? Because you can want be... upside down yeah. cocktails? <laughs> well, I don't. I would worry about catching on fire. But I would like to watch other people do that. Right. But it also doesn't seem like it's not making them happy either. Yeah. They didn't seem that unhappy. Well, yeah. That's true. We see Bob, the great scientist, who yep. we didn't know was a scientist. 
experimenting. He didn't do any work. I'm starting to see why Bob was fired, by the way. He saves his best work for his garage. Didn't do anything that we saw at work. Yeah. Uh, so he's experimenting in his garage with mixing gravities. And then Eden comes by his house asking for help. Then we see Bob visiting Adam down below. What? They're super psyched to see each other. It's He's great. He's always in for a chance to help young love, especially <laughs> if it is star-crossed. Yeah. He's not wearing a vest like because we're 90% water and <laughs> science. That's all the explanation we get. I know. Like, I guess you he, like, mixed opposite water into his himself okay but he would need to be like 90 percent opposite water so like this would be a long process of only ever drinking down below water because yeah he isn't floating in between gravities he's just walking around and then also like how would you not explode i guess water can't catch fire that's how you get past it I think that is probably what it is, but it can still boil. It's only catching fire because it's so hot. Right. Oh my gosh. So I like to imagine that Bob (laughs) just has this insanely complex backstory that makes him very sympathetic to situations (laughs) like this that would actually make a much better movie. That would be nice. More importantly, though, Bob tells Adam he bought the beauty cream patent before Transworld, which is impossible. That doesn't make Can any sense. Can I just explain sense. that if you are working for a company, especially if you're working on a specific product for a company, they own it. They own the patent. They own all your work to it. They own everything. You own nothing. That's the deal. Exactly. And actually, a lot of companies have it as even if you're working on something on your own, we still own it. Yeah, well, no. So, like, how is how is this patent, for one thing, who's selling the patent? How's that's the patent the thing, up for sale? You can't just, that's not how patents work. It doesn't, like, come up as a lottery in the <laughs> patent office and then people bid on it. Yeah. They're making it sound like that. Like, you have to apply for a patent and already have something. Like, right. whoever has it gets the patent. Would make no sense <laughs> at all. Because also, he's like, I bought the patent before Transworld. How cheap is this patent? Right? It had to be insanely expensive. Yeah. It's like the guy The technology bought... used in this face cream can be used for, uh, I mean, like, it's, it's a world-changing yeah, exactly. technology. Bob also gives him an invitation from Eden. They meet on a building, just like in the middle of a building on a ledge or something. It's a very specific meeting place. Yep. Because she really knows all about those down-below worlds. Yeah, and I have to say, it was very cool-looking, but... A little unrealistic. Uh, How dare you describe this movie that way? (laughs) (laughs) And she tells Adam that she's pregnant with twins because apparently they did a lot more than make out that dual gravity spinning. So many questions. (laughs) So many questions. I will not get into like the specifics, but that's so dangerous. Yeah, it does seem really dangerous. What they have done is very dangerous. And also, and it also allows her to be on the down below world without counterweights. Yes, somehow she's different now because she's pregnant. Well, sexual healing and all that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Al Green was a scientist. So, yeah, because I guess the babies are dual huge, weight. You should be floating I think around. They, I think you they should are. still be. Okay, because if they're. Because if the babies are dual gravity, at best, they get to float between planets their whole lives. But also, your up topness, the baby is the size of, like, maybe a pea right, right now. Right, exactly. Depending on how long it's been. 
I'm pretty sure your matter outweighs it because you're not showing. Like, she's not, she's yeah. flat stomach. Well, if like, they know it's twins, it should have been a little bit. But uh, that was also such a trope. I'm pregnant with twins. And I was like, is this a sitcom? Is this <laughs> I Love Lucy that I'm watching right now? It was so unnecessary. Yeah, it was. Because because the guy already figured something out, right. so they don't have to, like... Right, it was enough that they could be you, together. You don't need something to draw them together. They already want to be together. And Timothy Spall already figured something out. Yeah. It didn't make any sense. But then the voiceover, this is even, this is even more confounding. The weirdest the thing in the whole movie. tells us that their love has somehow altered history. They're like, we didn't know then how much it would change the entire world. And then it pans back, it pulls back, and you see, like, that soccer teams are playing each other. Yeah, some on, kids. Like, opposing, like, upside-down fields. And all that, like, everybody's interacting yeah. now. It's not forbidden. And then he's like, but that's a story for another time. It's another like, story. No, 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 no. I was like, no, That's the story I want to know. Yeah. Because I don't story. understand how two random people who have no influence with their societies whatsoever, managed to change the entirety of both societies by getting pregnant. I don't get that. I don't get how it changed that. Like, you'd be outcasts, I think. Yeah, you would be outcasts. They'd probably hunt you and your family down and kill your babies. Like, Like, what? I I don't understand how it happened, and I don't get how it... Right. If anything... Should have been Timothy Spall's invention. Yeah. Or I realization think so. that changed everything. Maybe they were counting it as one. I don't know. Right. And it also seemed like a sequel setup. And I'm like, nice try, Didn't guys. It? Much it, much the same as Jupiter Ascending. It felt very much like a sequel setup. Yeah, it did. But thankfully it was not. So the movie made no sense. It was a bit of a bit of a head scratcher on this one. And I really wish they hadn't talked about science so much if they were just gonna be so bad at it that's the thing you didn't have to explain everything that you did yeah and you didn't have to show everything that happened like you could have used other devices in certain cases like plot devices but they just did what they did and it was terrible i mean you really just either needed bad science or bad romance like i can forgive one of those two things exactly but both of them together is just infuriating it really was how good it looked i know because it was like wait also they had a romance that was completely untested oh yeah never lived a real life together they basically only ever saw each other and what was essentially a vacation yeah, I mean, they're basically pen pals. Yeah, like, what are you going to do when, like, you're angry that you're always the one who has to go to the store and, like, one of you always has to do the dishes? Like, what, you don't even know how you're going to deal with each other. Well, they're just, like, you don't know what, for one thing, it's been 10 years, you don't know what these people are like anymore. <laughs> then you find out that, like, you're politically opposed also. Right. <laughs> it was just a lazy movie. And it looked, it's so disappointing because it looked so good. I know, and it... It was so pretty. And that's why I think, like, it was such an amazing concept. It was so wasted. I just feel like, the, yeah, the whole, like, there's two planets with separate gravity and they're right next to each other. Like, you could have done some, something else with it other than, so, star-crossed lovers. Yeah, exactly. And also, one planet is downtrodden and the other one's the oppressor. Like, that is so boring. It's, it was really boring because, and that, this is the thing, like, so Hunger Games, the books, they were really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I did not think that they were that well written. Mm-hmm. 
But the concept was so interesting that it was worth it. Yeah, like the design of the games. Yeah, and like that's a dystopian world where mm-hmm. the rich are oppressing the poor. You have to have something interesting about it. You can't just have it be that. Yeah. Unless you have a different story that you're going to tell that's interesting enough that it doesn't matter. When it can also, honestly, it doesn't have to be that one world is oppressing the other one. It can just be that they're so separate. They have such separate cultures and values. Yeah, they went pretty hard for the, like, cartoonishly villainous company. Right. Also, up top is evil. Why do we need trans world to be evil? (laughs) I know. We need both. We need both. And that was really the theme throughout the whole movie, was they needed so many devices to do the same thing. Yeah, which is why we got no character development, no romance development. There was not time for it. Yeah. Honestly, it was 10 minutes under two hours. Like, it was not a short movie. No, but it wasn't... It wasn't long, but... Yeah, it wasn't long, and especially, it like, we just never saw them together interacting at all. Yeah, and that's what made their romance so unbelievable. Yeah. And I mean, by unbelievable, of course I'm speaking colloquially, I loved it. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) So, this movie bombed big time. Yeah, I can't imagine what critics said about this. They weren't thrilled with it. Um, (laughs) But also, like, no one went to go see it, I guess. Yeah. The budget on this was $50 million. Okay. It made $8 million. (gasps) Oh, no. Yeah. That's bad. Yep. And it's probably not helped by the fact that you didn't even they were know only, it existed. Yeah, that. I mean, that. that's also weird. Because I was, actually, I feel like I was seeing a lot of movies around then. So our next movie is, we're going to start our new series of also... Equally scintillating and action-packed. Also star-crossed lovers. Yeah. So our next movie is going to be Twilight, the first movie. Yes, only four after that. Yeah, because the last one was split into two movies. I don't think I ever saw the last two. I never saw the last one, I think. Yeah. But I've seen the other ones. Oh, man, I'm excited. These are bad. They're pretty terrible. So that's what's next on More is More. For more of our podcast, go to moreismorepodcast.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.